We Turned Out Okay is a show about children and families. You get to see into the mind of a child development expert, and you'll learn tons about kids and why they do what they do. It's for grown-ups, so it's not always G-rated. But it's almost always PG. And we'll let you know when it's PG-13 or higher. Also, you can expect some rabbit holes and detours. But we return to the topic at hand. Besides, rabbits are awesome. What have you got against rabbits? Anyway, sit back, relax, and prepare to learn about how to stay sane while raising your little kids. Enjoy the show! Come on, guys! We turned out okay. The modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I want to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to We Turned Out Okay. This is episode 297 of the show that helps you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. And what I have on my board is what's so special about this episode. And today's episode is super, super special because it's the one bad mother episode. It's finally here, my interview with Biz Ellis and Teresa Thorne. And if you are joining me for that today, hello, I'm so happy to have you here. I'm very, very excited. I am Karen Lockkulp. I am a child development expert with 14 years combined of helping parents and kids. And I'm the creator of this podcast and weturnedoutok.com, which is where you can find lots of great resources. And I, it's funny, I kind of feel at ex- at this time last week, I was at Bad, one, one Bad Mother Live. And um, I was there with Rosa, who's one of the listeners to both of our shows. And um, it was just a complete and total blast. And I still feel like I'm in that vibe, which is why I, well, one of the reasons anyway, why I'm recording now. Um, it just sort of happened that Saturday night, at, at this at the same exact time as a week ago, I was I was at one bad mother live just ended up being the, the perfect time. And I feel like I'm really in the right mindset for this conversation today. And I'm so so happy to have you here. Welcome. If you are a new person, welcome. If you're a returning listener. Uh, I really hope that you find a lot of good in in uh, in we turned out okay in the in the interview, but also in this pre-show. So every guest interview, I do a little bit of a pre-show beforehand, and today's is full of really cool things. I'm very excited. Uh, you'll hear me swear on this podcast for the first time in years. Uh, I have I have you know, cussed and kept those episodes or, or, you know, kept those in uh, when it's been appropriate. Today, it is definitely there's a great big E in your podcatcher because uh, we there will be swears as Biz and Teresa say. And um, I just can't wait to bring you this conversation. I'm super, super excited. So okay. This week's magic words for parents, I do one every single Monday in the We Turned Out Okay Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash we turned out okay, or you can just click the link in the show notes. Um, And every week I do a quickie, super, super short, like three to five minute long uh, segment that I call magic words for parents. It's for people in the podcast, in the uh, 
in the Facebook group. And this week's, which if you're listening in real time, went up yesterday, Monday, the 16th of, no, sorry, Monday, the 23rd of September, was called One Thing to Remember When the Going Gets Tough. And uh, so go to that Facebook group and go to our Facebook group and you can you can check that out as well as you'll have you'll be able to check out all of the back episodes of, from everything that I've pretty much ever done in Facebook. It's all been in that group. <laughs> so we got that. I also need to share that we have an extra episode coming up later this week. Earlier in the month, I, uh, I, I, I am working with I have a a private coaching group where I mentor parents. And one of the moms that I am mentoring had a just a seriously tough situation where she just she was like, I just feel like I cannot win as a parent. And it's just it's just so hard. And um, I decided to record that both as a you when I when I was helping her, I decided to record both in YouTube, um, and also in from for the podcast. So coming up this week will be an extra episode. And it is going to be all about like what to do when your child gets really aggressive and you just you just you're having trouble keeping your cool. And um, if you want to watch it, you can watch the video uh, by going to we turned out okay.com slash parenting tools. That is all one word parenting tools spelled just like it sounds. Uh, and you can also click the link in the show notes for that. And now I am very excited to share. So uh, this is a story that you will hear in greater detail in this conversation with Biz and Teresa. And um, as I after I finished the podcast, after I finished recording with them, I, I got off the show and I realized I'd been feeling very fangirly and I shared a genius moment that really, like I forgot the punchline. <laughs> I forgot the end of my genius story. And um, I can just, I can almost picture them sort of looking at each other like, why is this a genius moment? I don't understand. <laughs> so uh, Biz and Teresa, if you happen to be listening, here's the scoop. And in this story, also, there will be swears because uh, that's part of the story. So um, so make sure that you put on headphones, that you listen away from your kids or any other sensitive ears. Uh, it feels really funny to be swearing on the show. <laughs> so here it is, my genius moment. It's actually kind of a genius fail moment because um, I I tend to be a little self-judgy. And in this particular one, I, I'm feeling self-judgy because I, we now... For for several years, we've been allowing our children, who are a little older than yours, to swear in front of us or to, you know, we we don't filter ourselves and we don't ask that they filter themselves in this way. And um, that comes up in this story because we're now also, you know, my youngest is 15. So we're now also talking about things that you're maybe not quite ready to talk about with your young child yet, but you'll get there, which is which is one of the reasons I wanted to share this and get it right for you. Um so several weeks ago now, my youngest and I were having a conversation. He wants to he wants to join a band. And he has given me, by the way, he has given me permission to tell this story um, to you. So I'm not like doing anything without permission from my kid. And we got to talking about what life is like for people in a band. And I wanted to help him understand that, um, that there's a lot of, there are pressures uh, that are not on 
people who are not in a band, like you're, you are, uh, you know, you're pushing yourself to the limit night after night. You are dealing with kind of a confidence crisis feeling a lot of, a lot of musicians, you know, kind of wonder if they can really hack it. And, and, and just, we, we got into all these different things. And, and as part of that, we talked a little bit about like, like drug and alcohol use. And I wanted to kind of communicate to my son that like, it's actually, it's worse for people um, in that, who are kind of always in that party mode, because um, they, they're, they I think, I guess I should say it can be worse. <laughs> it's not necessarily always worse, right? Um, in that there's just more of those substances around. And uh, whether they're legal or not, whether you are of age or not, like, um, there's just more opportunity. And uh, uh, we talked about how a way that I had found, um, not as a person in a band, but a way that I had found to still have fun, but consume either none or uh, a few, you know, like a, a, a an amount of something like, a, you know, like a drink or something like that, that wouldn't, um, that wouldn't impair my judgment, that wouldn't make me drunk. Um and he was like, well, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I um, I get a drink and I nurse it. Like I, I just get one drink and I nurse it. I find that I don't have any trouble having fun. I find that um, it's it can be very interesting to, you know, sort of to be an anthropologist <laughs> or a sociologist in those situations. Not that I'm, I am either of those by trade, but I just think it's, it's interesting to observe people at a party when you're not drunk and they're drunk. And I... Um, don't have a problem having a blast anyway. And and so here, you know, here's where you need to cover up your little one's ears. I said to my 15-year-old, no, I said that to my 15-year-old. He said, mom, that's fucking brilliant. And I was like, I know, right? Because like now I'm giving him a way of controlling what goes into his body. Like I, I wanted to try and communicate, you don't have to go with the flow just because everybody else is doing this. And and it is safer uh to control, you know, to control yourself in this way. And a couple of weeks later, we, he and I were at a party where he was going to be sleeping over and I was going to be going home. And I had less than one drink and it took me hours to consume it. I mean, I just, I did this in a, in a very typical me way. And, um, and I had a blast at this party. Like I, I had so much fun. We danced and screamed and yelled and sang and, and, oh my God, did we ever have fun? And, uh, I was finding my son to leave so that I could say goodbye to him. And, um, I was actually in the car when he sort of came up to me and, and he, and he says to me, and he's with his friend. So I thought he's, you know, just cool kids sort of trying to take a chill pill and like be all nonchalant saying goodbye to his mom. And um, he comes up to me, he leaves his friends kind of several feet back and he comes right up to the window and he says, mom, I was like, yeah. He says, are you sober? And uh, I said, I said, yeah, I'm sober. Why? And he, he pulled out his phone and he showed me this video of all of us older people uh, in the kitchen screaming and jumping and dancing to the song Jump Around, which I believe is by the band House of Pain. And, um, and he sees me jumping up and down like a crazy person in this video. And he's just like, Oh, my God, my mother's drunk. And I said, and this is the part that I he was he was so relieved to hear that I was sober. And he shows me this video. And I say, No, 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 I am good. And that's where I left it 
in bit with biz and Teresa. So you'll hear in this interview, like I basically say like, and there it is, there's my genius moment. (laughs) And I'm sure they're like, huh? So here's the end. Right after that, I say to him, do you remember what we talked about a couple of weeks ago where, where, you know, where we talked about like not having anywhere near as much to drink as, as anyone else, or, you know, or as only having as much as you feel comfortable and knowing that you can still be safe and have fun and stuff like that. He goes, Oh, yes. He goes, that fucking brilliant thing. And I'm like, yes, that's what I did tonight. And so he felt very safe letting me go home because he knew that I was perfectly fine to drive. And, um, and he, and you know, what's really funny. I've been talking about this with Ben after the fact as well. I felt much better because um, he he was, you know, caring about me in that moment. But he was also, this is me being a role model. Like we talk about that a lot on this show. I was a real role model for him because I was living what I told him about that I do. I was practicing what I preached, basically. And um and I think, to be honest, when, you, when you're thinking about like inoculating your kids against alcohol and drug use as they get older, one of the best things that you can do is to role model that for them. And maybe not in a situation exactly like this. I'm sure that the F-bomb is not going to come up in your lives for quite a few years, if ever. But, um, but like if you, if you can live what you're trying to help them learn, things are going to go a lot better. And I, and I said, Ben and I were talking about it later. And I said to him, uh, Ben, by the way, is the uh, the 22-time Husband of the Year award winner. He's our producer. He's the guy's voice that you hear at the top of the show. Hi, Ben. Um, and, and we agreed that, like, this is a really important part of parenting that that gets overlooked. Like, this is why we have to work hard to practice what we preach. Because then you you have a kid who's like, who's who's like, oh, okay. Like, we're in tune. We're in sync. I'm helping him. And he, you know, is giving me a real gift, which is the gift of like giving a crap. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, I I went home that night like he's going to be okay. You know what I mean? And it felt really, really good. So I wanted to share that story. That was my genius moment. And it started out as a fail um, because who talks with their kid about like drug and alcohol use in that kind of raw way and who swears with their kids? It's me. I do those things. <laughs> so um Hopefully you get something out of that story. And um, and now when you hear it in the interview, you'll know what we're talking about. You'll know what the end of it is. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's, that is um, kind of an intro to this, to this upcoming episode and all the things that are going on in the We Turned Out Okay universe around it. I always do a, a, a segment of the pre-show or the break in a, in a regular, in a non-guest episode called The Parenting News. And I am so excited about this week's parenting news. In my own life, I've had a really rough couple of weeks. Um, I thought I was going to be able to drive this youngest <laughs> um, back and forth to the school that makes his heart sing. Um, and it is about, it's about 45 minutes to an hour each way. And um, I, my body's just not allowing it. And and as a result, like, I've been feeling like I'm failing him. I've been relying, we have been relying on like teachers and other people to kind of get him back and forth to school. And um, I needed some positivity in my life. And so what I Googled was something like, TED Talk positivity. TED Talks are like a a huge source of inspiration for me. And um, 
I found one by a woman named Ingrid Fatel Lee. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Uh, it's called Where Joy Hides and How to Find It. And it's actually, it's from a design perspective. So it's, it's, it's like in our physical environment, what brings joy and what doesn't. And I really, really want you to go watch it. it the link is right in your podcatcher. Um, and I just wanted to read a quick quote from it uh, that I felt like just frames her talk well. She says, we all start out joyful, but as we get older, being colorful or exuberant opens us up to judgment. Adults who exhibit adults who exhibit joy are often dismissed as childish or too feminine or unfocused or, or, or sorry or self-indulgent or unserious. And we hold ourselves back from joy. So I I wrote that in my own handwriting. And now I'm reading it back several days later, and I can't read it. But I hope you get the gist there, which is that like, you can have joy kind of beaten out of you as you grow up. And um, her talk is about where to find it. And uh, I especially love the the idea that like an adult who exhibits joy can be dismissed as childish, like, and somebody won't take them seriously because they're too happy. And um, if you have felt that pressure, I, I, I wanted you to know that I stand with you. Um, I exhibit joy all the time. Like when I feel joy, that kind of jumping up and down kind of joy, I, I try to let the people around me know that. And I have a, a, a wonderful support system, I guess, maybe in place where I, most of the time that that lands well. Um, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who will try to talk to somebody in the grocery store um, or I'll just, you know, make a remark or something like that. And sometimes people kind of look at me like I'm nuts, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes I can communicate that joy and then we both feel it and we can share it. And that's always good too. So um, yeah, watch this TED Talk, Where Joy Hides and How to Find It by Ingrid Fatel Lee. Uh, again, link is right in your podcatcher so, uh, so you can find it. Thank you so, so much for all of your emails and social media kind of shout outs. Thank you for sharing about the show. Um, even if you share with one friend, it is so incredibly meaningful. It is how um, we've gotten to have such a such a big fan base and, and such a big following. And I really, really appreciate every time you do that, each and every moment that that you know that you choose to share something that that we had said on on my show or you know something that you learned on my show or. Um, it means so, so much. Uh, thank you also for subscribing so you don't miss an episode. For example, if you hit subscribe today on Thursday when the mini episode that is going to come out um, that I talked about before, uh, I guess I, I'll call it a bonus episode. It's it's about going to be about 25 minutes long, so it's not exactly a mini episode, but um, you'll, it'll land right in your podcatcher. You won't have to you know go, go out of your way to find it. And thank you also for your positive reviews. Um, they make me so happy. They they make me feel so much joy. And I really, really, really appreciate that. It is wonderful to share to share in that with you. I um I already told you about about we turned out okay.com slash parenting tools where that um where that guide is. So that's a really, really good thing. And now I think what I'm gonna do is uh, tell you about our sponsor just before we get into this episode. So to do that, I got to call something up here on my iPad. I know it's really good pod, huh? Um, okay. 
Today's show is brought to you by the amazing Janine Halloran, friend of the podcast, expert in teaching kids coping skills, who has created something that I know you're absolutely going to love. And I will share about that in just a moment. Janine's sponsorship pays for production, editing, and web hosting for We Turned Out Okay. But before we get to that, my time in creating this show is supported by the members of our Ninja Parenting community. If you're listening to this show, I hope you know that I specialize in helping parents get out of a negative space and get past the tough parts of raising kids and get into the fun stuff. I do way more of that with the ninja parents in our private coaching community than I could ever do on We Turned Out Okay. I teach ninja parents how to get good behavior from their children, how to handle their toughest parenting struggles, like I'm thinking about this one right now that that this mom has been going through where her child has been incredibly aggressive, like at school and um, at home, and it is just wearing her down, this sort of daily grind of dealing with kicking and hitting and spitting and stuff like that. And, and um we are we are working on that and and what i love about it is she is starting to see the benefits of it like she's she's remembering to breathe and be positive in her in her parenting and and, and remember the good things and i want i really want that for you too i want you to um get past the tough parts you know the tough parts happen but there's so much good in 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 raising kids as long as we can find it. And, and that's really what I specialize in is helping parents find it. The Ninja Parenting community works because it's all online. So there's help for you 24-7, wherever you live in whatever your time zone. It's personalized to you. So you can always get help with whatever part of raising children is most challenging for you at the moment. It's always growing. Our members share their challenges and struggles. And I create help with personalized videos, worksheets, and other offerings. And in most most recently, we've been uh, we've been working on like meditating and stuff like that. So anyway, it contains deep and broad learning to help you most in your parenting. Learn more and become either a monthly or an annual member by going to weturnedoutok.com/slash/joinNPC. Oh my gosh! And I almost forgot. If you are there on September the thirtieth or before, so like less than a week now, you can join at the friends and family rate, which is a dollar for your first month and then a substantial amount off of membership um, for every next, every consecutive month that you are in the um, community thereafter, uh, which is, that's, that's a big deal. Like that, like um, that's not something that I, I offer I've never offered it this way before, put it that way. So um, so go and join, and, and, or at least go check it out at weturnedoutok.com slash join NPC. All right. And today's show, as I mentioned before, is brought to you by the amazing Janine Halloran. She's the creator of something I know you will love called Coping Cue Card Decks. You already know Janine if you've listened to my show. She has been on the show lots of times and she teaches important stuff about how to help your children develop coping skills necessary when they're trying to handle the curveballs that come at them in their daily lives. To that end, Janine has created five different beautiful and super useful card decks that she calls the Coping Skills for Kids Coping Cue Cards. When I asked her what she most wants you to know about these cards, here's what she said. They're a fantastic visual reminder at those times when words are unable to get through. By exploring and identifying skills when kids are calm, those visuals are available to use when they're starting to have big feelings. And Janine has given me permission to share one card in each sponsorship like this. 
And the one I'm choosing today comes from the relaxation deck. She's got several different decks. And this one is about coping skills that have to do with relaxing. So it's the relaxation deck. And the card is adorable. And um, it's got an image of, of a child hugging a stuffed animal. Because that is what this relaxation card is about. So like one of the coping skills that we can work with our kids on is hugging a stuffed animal. And I mean, like, I have done this myself to feel better. So um, it's nice to relax with a stuff to relax with a stuffed friend sometimes. Each deck includes at least 40 cards. Most have 44 to help your child deal with sensory overload, getting distracted, learning to relax and more. The coping cue card decks offer tons of strategies that come in handy at school or wherever you go. You can use them to help your child learn the skills to cope with problems. As a visual reminder to use one of the coping skills, maybe by placing its card on the fridge or in another prominent place at home. As a way to expand your child's toolbox of coping skills and even as conversation starters. What do you think Mona, one of the totally adorable characters in one of the decks, would do now? They're a great help while traveling, sitting in a restaurant, at social events, and more. And I am super excited because Janine has created a link, especially for listeners of our show. So if you've if you've heard me talk about these cards before, this is the first time I've ever been able to share this. Um, and I'm so excited because there's she's also offering a discount for We Turned Out Okay listeners. Uh, so if you go to copingskillsforkids.com, all one word, spelled just like it sounds, copingskillsforkids.com slash okay, O-K-A-Y is how that's spelled. Um, you will find these, you will find these and you'll also find them at this, at this price. So uh, Janine has said that if you enter as you're ordering, if you enter in the code capital, all caps, O-K-A-Y, um, when you are prompted, then you'll get 15% off of the coping cue card decks. And um, the one, you know, the deck of your choice or, or if you order more than one. Uh, when you do that, you're not only supporting our show, you're giving your child critical tools for coping with challenging stuff. You're giving them tools they'll be able to use all of their lives. So go to copingskillsforkids.com slash OK and use code capital OKAY to get 15% off. All right. And now the moment we have all been waiting for. Here we are on to Biz Ellis and Teresa Thorne of One Bad Mother. My guests today are two of the most beloved moms in podcasting. Together, they host One Bad Mother, the show that makes me and so many of you as well feel like we maybe can do this parenting thing. Between the show and the books that they've written, my guests help us all feel better when we screw up. They help us celebrate triumphs, even if they are very tiny triumphs, like successfully going out into the world with kids and matching shoes and car keys. And most importantly, today's guests help us feel that we are not alone. There is so much to talk about with these amazing women today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Biz Ellis and Teresa Thorne. Welcome, Biz and Teresa. Yay! Yay! <laughs> thank you. Yeah, oh. thank you for having us on. We are very excited. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm. I. I am. Uh... I'm over the moon about this. We've been trying to do this for for quite a few months, and and I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so grateful to you both that we could we could finally make it worse at work. Um, but before we get going, what I need to say is a word about language. So you start your show off every week by saying there will be swears, and so this is a little bit of a different kind of episode today because I think that swears are fine, and I think we should use them. So everybody, don't listen to your kids because there will be swears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. 
like that it almost sounded like you said, don't listen to your kids because they're all these swears. Right. Oh. And there's a good chance of that too, right? I know. <laughs> Anytime. When you least expect it. One of my like one of my favorite stories from when I was growing up was um my mom, I mean, we were, I, I'm, I grew up in a quite a dramatic family. And uh, one time when I was about three, my mom tells me, I don't remember this, but my mom tells me that I um, was sitting in the kitchen with my mom and my uncle and my uncle and my mom got into an argument. And my uncle said, fuck you, Diane. And my mother said, my mother was opening her mouth to say something. And what I said was, no, fuck you, Uncle Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh. That's a- <laughs> So that's that's a good beginning. That we'll start it right off with the with that the need for that little e. <laughs> so I feel like it's hard to know where to begin with you guys because there's so there's just so much I want to talk about and I've got questions from people in our Facebook group and um I guess I want to start off with how did you meet? Like how did the show get started? Uh okay. So so my husband Stefan and I had moved out to California from New York with our daughter, who was two and a half at the time, and uh, it was pretty overwhelming. And uh, so Teresa's husband, Jesse Thorne, and uh, knew me and knew Stefan from the world of sketch comedy. And Stefan and Jesse were like, oh, but you and Teresa would really hit it off. And Teresa had a thing. And Jesse said to me, you should really make friends with Biz. Yeah. You really like <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> really make friends with Biz. But I think we both. And, and I had a, I had like a 12 month old yeah, or something. Yeah. I was like, a yeah. And Teresa and I both were like separately. Uh, really <laughs> it's a great. blind date. It's a mommy no, blind date. I know. I don't like we're tired, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing, though, is my daughter had just started uh, a like preschool daycare kind of thing. And so I met Teresa at a playground yeah. without a child. She had a child, <laughs> child but I didn't really have weird. my child. Yeah. And it was weird. I was like, yeah. I feel like a weirdo here. <laughs> We didn't realize it until no. it happened. Like, yeah. we made the plan to meet up. Made sense. And it wasn't, like, the first time we'd met, but it was, like, the first time we, like, made plans or yeah. something. And we made this plan because I was going to be there with my kid, and biz, and it was, like, convenient to her. So she's like, yeah. yeah, I'll just meet you there. And as soon as I'm sitting there in the, like, sand pit yeah. with my baby, <laughs> and as soon as I see biz walk up, Alone, alone. Just this woman yeah. coming to the park. <laughs> I was like, take her picture. I think the first thing I said to you was like, "I'm so sorry for like making you come to the park without any kids." Yeah, no one was gonna. If I was gonna butt my nose into anyone else's parenting, no one would have liked it because I didn't have a child to show cred. Yeah, to show yeah. that I. Had yeah. So, so after that awkward moment. Uh, we started walking the Rose Bowl together and, uh, which is like a three mile loop around the stadium. Uh, oh, cool. In- and we just started walking that sometimes by ourselves, sometimes with children and strollers and yeah. And we uh, just really started enjoying talking about everything, which included parenting. And what I was really enjoying was that we didn't do any of it the same way a lot of it we oh, didn't do the same way. and yet 
we were still friends. (laughs) Given or not, we liked and respected each other's choices, even if they were different. What a thrill. And that, I mean, gosh, that's like the whole basis for the show. I mean, if you think about it. Like yeah, yeah that, I've been thinking about the, the podcast for a while, even when I was back in New York. And originally I was going to do it with a comedian friend of mine. And, but she didn't, she wasn't local. And when Teresa and I started walking, I just told her about the idea and was like, what we're doing right now is basically what I would like it to be. And so she was like, all right, let's go pitch it to Jesse, who runs Maximum Fun, a podcasting network. Mm-hmm. And I did. And then as Teresa's walking me to my car, I said, this is going to sound weird and loaded. But actually, I'd really like you to host the podcast with me. <laughs> and not just because you're married to the guy who can put it on. And Teresa said to me, maybe. <laughs> I said, let me think about yeah. it. Like, I'm not sure I want to be that sure. public. Yeah, I'm just like, I was very, I worked for Max Fun at the time. I was the development director for Max Fun. Oh, and cool. I was, I had been very involved in Maximum Fun for a long time, and I just was always the behind-the-scenes person. So Jesse, my husband, was... He already had several shows on the network and he was sort of the face of the network. And I kind of always liked that I was like behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also just really liked Biz so much and thought it sounded really fun. So that was why I ended up saying yes. Yeah. To oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I love yeah, this. Yeah. It's and like, then, yep, sorry. No, I was just going to say. And then like legitimately my favorite part of this, of the podcast is that we have honestly become friends and gotten to know each other on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, like we only yeah. really see That's each other and talk out. is yeah. every week for the podcast. And there's a lot we don't know about yeah. each other or didn't know about each other until it came out on the podcast. Wow. Uh, so it's been a really cool experience. Yeah. 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 And I just, for listeners, I just want to say too, um, I, so I found out about the Maximum Fun Network because I am a rabid fan of the Adventure Zone. <laughs> and um, and coming sort of from the Adventure Zone, I've now I've listened to some Judge John Hodgman, which I really, really love and um, Mission to Zix. And it's really funny because um, One Bad Mother never came up in my sort of because I think because I like the sort of sci-fi goofy like it's it's not the same kind of comedy at all right and um one of my coaching clients is like one bad mother is my favorite show and she sort of was she's so hugely into it and i thought well i need to go find out what this is all about so that is how i found the show it was it's funny because not not through maximum fun but through a a client of mine i think that's really kind of different and neat Uh, you know just like the way that you guys got together which is not what you would think like it it all started with a blind date basically <laughs> mom date mom date yep yep minus one kid yep. <laughs> so um so speaking of that facebook group so one of my uh one of the women in the facebook group that we turned out okay facebook group has asked um i figured i'll do one of the questions now cuz we're sort of talking about like earlier in life or earlier in the past uh, and then I'll, and the other one kind of is more relevant to something else that I hope to talk about later. So um, Jen asks, 
Uh, she says, I want to know if Biz and Teresa have positive parenting in their blood as you do, Karen, or if they had to learn it as to learn its basics as I did. The question behind the question maybe is, what were their parents like in this regard? <laughs> did you guys always, were you positively parented when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, it was different experiences, yeah. but oh, of course, yeah, I mean, I think both of us were in houses where the bottom line, regardless, was we knew we were loved no matter what we did, you yeah. know. Oh, and so I love that. I think that's just a good core place to be no matter what's happening in your house, you yeah, know? yeah, and you know, that. Like when I think about, um, uh, Teresa, your new book that's just come out um, about about being comfortable with whatever gender you are, like that, that all, that all fl- it all flows from the same place. You know, I think it's really neat, like just being comfortable with who you are <laughs> well, and being loved for that. Not to speak for you, but as yeah. a reader of your book, Teresa, it is the very core of when I tell my children there's nothing you could do that will make me stop loving you. And I tell yeah. them that like every day. Uh, I, that's the core of that book. You yeah. are my child and I love you and I, you're perfect. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important. And, um, and whether you, whether you grew up in that house, if you're listening, you grew up in a house like that or not, it's not too late. Right. You can, you can bring that for yourself and you can bring it for your kids. Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously Biz and I were very fortunate mm-hmm. to have um, had the childhoods that we have and the parents that we have. Um, and I think partly the reason why um, we have this nice dynamic where we 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 are different and we approach parenting differently, and we're all good with that. I think is is because we both came from different backgrounds where we were unconditionally loved. Right. Yes. I think that that is kind of what the unconditional love is what you're getting at there with, with um, my book, it feels good to be yourself as well. Yeah. Like, and, and, and and it's something that anybody can practice too, um, whatever their background is and where, whatever their belief system is, is just that, that feeling of none of us are wrong. Yeah. We're, we're all right the way we are. And uh, that unconditional love piece as parents is like something we can kind of like come back to when we're not sure what to do. Yeah. 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 I'm going to add one more thing to that too. And that's just the, one of the things that has come out of doing the show together is this idea. And it's, I definitely have learned this from Teresa and that is the, you know, you do the best you can in the moment and you always can do it again. You're never stuck with one decision for your yep. whole life, a parenting decision. You know what I mean? Yep. Like if you said one thing, you get to make a different choice <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's the opposite of worrying about something. I feel like, because I don't know if you've ever heard the expression when you worry about something, even if it, if even if it doesn't happen, you've worried about it for no reason. But if it does, whatever you worried about comes true. Now you've worried about it twice. Like now you've lived it twice. And yeah. this feels like the opposite of that to me. You know, it's like it's all good. And you can even if you screw up, you can still make a different choice. You can still make a better choice. I still worry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worrying right this minute because my children are with the babysitter in the other part of the house and it's quiet. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's too quiet. Because all of my kids are at their <laughs> three different schools. Oh. And hopefully that's okay. But <laughs> I I don't know. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Now, just quickly, like, what are you, when you say they're at three different schools, are you worried about the locations? Are you worried something's going to happen to one of them? Like, what, what are the worries there? <laughs> I'm only worried about the locations in the sense that it has a grave impact on my life because I have, I live in Southern California and my kids are all over the place. Um, uh, am I worried? No, I think it's more just, you know, that feeling where like when everyone's all together, you kind of like know that everything's okay. Cause you can see everyone and they're all there. Yes. Oh and yes. If, everybody, if everybody's together in one other place, you just know where they all are. Yeah. If everybody is spread out in different locations, like mm. they might all, like they're probably all fine in each of their locations, yeah. but it's just a weird feeling to have everybody so far away far from apart. it. Yeah. Like I often have that feeling of like, where's this person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. So my I, sister. I have exactly the same thing. My kids are 15 and 18. And I'm still doing this. Which, which I hope that doesn't, I don't, I don't want that to frighten like either you guys or, or you know, anybody listening. Um, but there is this, the, so we're about to start on the East Coast here. Um, everything starts next week. And so next week I will have a kid starting college and I will have a kid um, in his school, which is 45 minutes away. And there are times where I'm just like, it's all fine now. They're they're downstairs playing video games. Like they're not out doing anything, you know, or we're in the kitchen together or something like that. Like I'm good right now. And then in the back of my mind, there's this little like, oh my gosh. And and I have to say, I think my, my he's actually 19. I don't know if I said 18 before, but he's 19. So he, um, this summer has kind of, uh, well, you know what? People always said, we've homeschooled for, for 12 years and people always said, it's it's really super intense. It's really close. You're with them all the time. And then one minute, poof, you know, like, so prepare yourself because there's going to be a moment when they are literally not with you anymore. And this summer, our 19 year old has has done that. Like, I did not see it so funny. I didn't see it coming. And um, so he's really prepared us well for college because he's like, I mean, we've gone like 48 hours without even hearing from him via text. You know what I mean? And and I have to think to myself, you know, this is pr- when I went to college, they didn't hear from me for weeks at a time. It's OK. Yeah. They're going to be OK. And and I think it's a little bit of training, um, you know, training your brain to feel like everybody's all right. But I totally get that worry. <laughs> For the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's both, though, because there is also when everyone's there, there's also the stress of "Ah, everyone's here. Like, I'm responsible (laughs) for all of this all right now. And it is a relief that comes from knowing each person is in their safe location. Yes. And that they're being cared for adequately. Like, there is also that part of it. But it just depends. I think it is. You're right. The practice is a big part of it. Like right now, we're in the beginning of our school year right now. And so while I'm like pretty used to the two year old being at preschool because he's been there all summer, you know, I it's I'm adjusting to my other two kids being back at their respective elementary schools and having those different schedules. So yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm having conversations with my 15 year old. I think this is a really good thing to look forward to. Like eventually they'll get to a point if they're not there already where you can have like real deep, cool conversations with them. And and that it kind of expands into more and more things. Um, 
and you guys gave me permission to to share a genius moment so i'll get to that but um but what i'm thinking about right now is how like like my youngest is excited for the school year to start um and at the same time he's like but summer's almost over like this is it's draining away i can feel it you know what i mean and and it's cool to be able to talk about how like we can feel two ways at once you know and 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 it's 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 just a kind of a part of life and um and the point is to kind of be present in the moment and enjoy it and and then you know hopefully the next moment will also be a good and pleasant one <laughs> fingers crossed right um, so just just the genius moments. Um, I would actually love. So I have one that I wanted to share, but I would love if you guys um, had some that you wanted to share. And also uh, one of our Facebook members had had a question that was sort of in referencing to the genius moments. Um, so can I can I start? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah OK, cool. So I um, about two years ago, uh, decided that it was not cool for me to accidentally drop f-bombs in front of my kids and expect them to not swear back or swear in front of me and so i said you know what you guys we're relaxing this it's okay you can totally swear and um what i noticed when i did that well first of all there was like a, an exploding you know like when a dam bursts and like so they were just both fuck 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 it was really funny at first um and then after that settled down, one of the things I noticed is that we had deeper and more meaningful conversations, I think because I was accessing them on their level, sort of like I, this was a whole level of brain thinking that I hadn't ever really been a part of because they always had to kind of have a filter on. And um, a few weeks ago, so we're fast forwarding now, a couple weeks ago, my youngest kind of wants to be in a band. And we got into talking about... I don't know how this happened, but we got into talking about like uh, sometimes, you know, people uh, who like are in bands for their profession um, are exposed to drugs and alcohol a lot more than like maybe a normal person or a normal profession. And um, I said I told my son that um, not that that had ever happened to me, but the, like, that like when I am in a situation where people are drinking, um, I can no longer like I just can't take the amount of alcohol anymore so what i do is i i totally nurse my drink i will get what i said to him you can get one drink and you can nurse it all night and it's an anthropological experiment and it's a way to keep yourself safe and it's a way to keep others safe you know what i mean and and he goes to me that's fucking brilliant <laughs> and then um so that's the genius side of this because he was like wow i've opened up his mind right the fail comes and this this is I don't know. I do think of it as a little bit of a fail, but it's also kind of funny. Uh, we were at a party this past Saturday night and um, he was sleeping over and I was there, um, but I wasn't going to be sleeping over. So I went and found him um, at the end of this party, which was people I've known since I was 12 years old, you know, like and their spouses. And it was loud and crazy. And there was alcohol present, although I didn't have any of it. And I'm leaving and I give him a hug and he says to me, Mom, are you sober? And I said, <laughs> I said, yep, I am stone cold sober. And he goes, oh, that's a real relief. He's like, that's really good because uh, one of my friends took a took a video of the kitchen while you guys were um, jumping up and down to the song "Jump Around" by House of Pain <laughs> and, <laughs> and put it on Snapchat. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I said, no, son, I'm I'm good. But now there's this video in the world of you know, all of us, whatever, 40 somethings. And he was, he was like, it was so freaky. <laughs> and I don't know if it was freaky to see us all like having fun or, 
if he was, you know, I don't know, genuinely worried or something like that. But anyway, that's my that's my genius fail. <laughs> that's amazing. It was amazing. It was funny. Uh, so what have you guys uh, got? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, let's let's share the original favorite fail of all time. Yeah. We oh can, yay! Yeah, this is the original. Like, oh my god, it's very rare. We have a uh, top this. But yeah, please, okay. please. Okay, so we got this call from this woman, this mom, who said that she was at the park with her three-year-old-ish two kid, three-ish, little, yeah. little kid. Um, yeah, two or three-year-old kid. Um, and she saw her kid playing from far away, and she saw him pick up like a chocolate cupcake that somebody had left, like, you know, like in the, the, just like something gross, like garbage, yes, garbage, garbage from, chocolate like cupcake. on the grass. Yeah. Far away. And she can see him going for it. Like he's looking at it. He's thinking about it. Yeah. And she's like far enough away that she's like, no, like don't. <laughs> and she's like running over there to try to get him not to put it in his mouth. But she's too late. Like he's he basically sees her coming and he decides, like, I'm gonna <laughs> shove this in my mouth as quick as I can because otherwise I'm taking from me. And so he shoves it into his mouth, and as she gets closer, she realizes oh. it's not a chocolate cupcake. <laughs> it is a cupcake of some kind, but it's covered in ants. Oh it's my god. Covered- so covered in ants oh. far away yeah. it looked chocolate, chocolate. Yeah, it's in her child's mouth yeah. now. now forever yeah. in his body yeah. oh right. my gosh so that is the gold standard that really is all in fails and we get so many calls oh, yeah. and biz is amazing she screens them every week and selects a few to play on the show um, and we get all kinds of interesting yeah, get- genius, like little things that just make your life better. Like yeah. when you like give, gave your kid a harmless lie that yeah. totally yeah. solved the problem. Or everybody's um, getting white socks in the house. Yeah. Like just <laughs> really simple things that people have been able to share and use to change lives. Somebody said recently that they um set the family uh tablet password to the home phone number so yeah. that their like five-year-old could learn his home phone number oh wow that is brilliant fast like yeah. in a couple of days now the kid knows their it's phone number right. yeah. wow that's um, amazing all kinds of stuff like that and then just you know fails ranging from like forgetting car keys locking keys in the car um forgetting breast pumping lot of people yeah. out of the grocery store with groceries in the bottom of their strollers that they didn't pay yeah that's a classic yes. um overall <laughs> overall we get like anywhere from two to 300 calls a month and wow. um overall what i have learned from the calls is that uh number one you're not alone because anything you think you've done, somebody else has done and called like an hour later to report it. Okay? <laughs> so I, you, you're not the only person who's locked. You're not the only person crying in Target. You're not n- the only person who had to call poison control. Yes. Oh. Yes. 
Yeah, there's serious ones. There's things that are really upsetting to people. Yeah. Like, there's, like, it's not all funny. No. It's, a lot of it is really, really upsetting, but, like, that's all the more reason to share. Yeah. Yeah. too like yeah. I fucked up too yeah I fucked up too yeah. and like yeah. because I think we get so isolated in our houses and the images that we get from media and magazines and everything is no one is fucking up yeah and so yes. and you have to be perfect you like, have you, to be perfect you have to do a good job yeah. all the time and be perfect yeah. I'm gonna show one other because yeah. I think she called it in as a fail um but this one was so like poignant to me. She, it was a mom. She had like a infant. I mean, it was an infant, like yeah. a cat, not a year yet. Okay. She had it in the car seat yeah. that she took into yeah. the coffee shop. I remember this. Okay. Yeah. So she's, you know, schlepping the. It was a new baby. It was a new baby. It was her new baby. First baby. Yeah. So and she, it was like a four week okay, old baby. Okay. So very like new. First time out. Yeah. Or yeah. Okay. Her first time like out. Meeting, meeting a friend for coffee, like her first time she tried to do it. Like, right. So yeah. she goes to order her coffee and she puts the car seat, you know, carrier down on a bench and it falls over. Oh. And the baby I, was fine. The baby, let me see. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. yeah. The baby was fine. The baby wasn't even aware this had happened, but she just, she broke down. She started, like, she was so sad. She was so upset. She was so, like, self-judging, self-everything. I'm the worst mom. And embarrassed. And embarrassed. And then these other women, not even all together, just different moms from different parts of the coffee shop come up to her and say, your baby is okay. And you are okay. Oh, that's awesome. I've, I've done this. You know, this has yeah. happened, you know, to me. Mine's fallen off the changing table. Mine's rolled off the bed. You know, and it just, I, it, like, that's worth all the calls yeah. right yeah. there. Yeah, 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 because it makes you feel so much better. Well, yeah, yeah. you're not alone. Oh, that's yeah. I, and I was thinking when, when um, one of the stories that's told in my family is um, we went out to a restaurant when my one of my brothers was like a month old or something. And they used to have these like Moses basket things because nobody had, you know, yeah. they weren't nobody was buckled in or whatever, but they put him on one chair. So this bed yeah. thing spanned a chair instead of putting it on two chairs. And he flipped like the, the thing flipped off the chair and, and the baby was fine. But of course, I mean, like my, my parents felt horrible and and um yeah so like i guess you kind of do that on a grand scale that is really cool <laughs> that you get to help us all feel better that's the that's the sense that i also get from um from the book that you wrote together which is called you're doing a great job um and if anybody doesn't know about this book i mean it's so i have teenagers and i am like loving it and the reason i think is because it's so supportive like i screwed up in all those ways you know or at least you know quite a few of them um and you say things like did you feed your child today? Because, you know, chances are, if your baby is small, you're the one who fed that kid. And that is awesome. You're doing a great job. And it's just so good that you're out there saying things like this. People need to hear it. Yeah, basically, we just want people to stop feeling like shit for being a parent. (laughs) Honestly, I, I was tired of it. And I still feel like it sometimes. And I just... I think we're just done with it. Yeah. Just done. Yeah. So Biz, actually, um, one of the shows I listened to, it's probably, I don't know, four or five months ago now. So you may not remember this, but I'm pretty sure it was you who um, spoke on the show about asking 
you you went into a forums and you asked about swimming lessons you asked something like um and and, and well, the, i was looking up i was yeah. looking it up yeah. Could you could you share about that? Because like that story, I wanted to take my phone and unplug it from its car holder and like hug it to my chest because I was like, I have felt like this. And thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, this is I don't usually venture online very often because of this, because I know this exists. Now, there are lots of wonderful online communities out there that are not like this. But I my five year old uh still you know doesn't like going underwater in a pool so swimming lessons have been very hard and you know i'm a researcher you know besides maybe the kid just doesn't want to stick his head under the water yep yep not everybody <laughs> well, does i know i'm not the only one so i'm gonna go out into the world and see if i can find some like tips you know maybe there's a special pair of magical goggles out there <laughs> do it so i go out and start looking and what i instead find is uh, some group like postings on groups where people are asking this exact question. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not places I belong to, but you know, you click on a question and you, you look and so many of the responses were like, you better teach that child to swim or they're going to drown and die. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it was like, listing statistics, statistics. Yes. about like how many kids drown. drown and like my kids have been can swim on their own since they were two, two. for this reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Please, everyone, teach Please. your children to swim now. Everyone now. <laughs> Stop whatever you're doing. Be, be, be a human. Save all Make the sure. children. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I was so like, very shaming. Yes. Like, shaming. Oh, Yes. It's like you're such a loser if you haven't done this yet. Don't you yeah. know your kid could die? Why do yeah. we why do we do that to each other? Like why do people I, do I, that? Okay, I do have some theories. I don't think some one theory is some people are just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. when you stop those people, run away. Yeah. Um, yep. Sometimes uh, though, I think some people are something might be close to them emotionally. Yeah. Uh, something, you know, uh, might be, you know, people get very affected by either things that happen to them or things that, um, hold on, sorry. Okay. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people, uh, have something totally unrelated going on and they get out in the world. And when they see a question like that, they, they respond right away and their intent is not to make you feel like shit i mean i really try and take stuff like that with a grain of salt because i don't think their intention is to make you feel bad they really think they're offering something that's very important mm -hmm. and that's fair um i think what's happening at the same time is so with my example i'm worried i'm stressed about the fact that I just want my kid to swim so that life is easier yeah. if we go to a pool. That's why, yeah. you're asking That's why I'm asking. I want life easier to, to solve this problem. Swim. Yeah. And believe it or not, there are 300 other things I'm worried about yeah. and stressed out about. And so when I see that, it's very yeah. easy for me to go right to the place of this is a fucking nightmare and I'm a failure. And yeah. so I think, you know, I, I think I don't, I, it's probably always been like this. So I'm not going to necessarily blame 
you know, online, social media or whatever. But I think we're all really tired. And I think when we're all really tired and stretched thin, it's really hard to extend patience and empathy. Yeah. And I think it is 100% fair to find those comments like really upsetting, but it's also fair to drop it and walk away and be kind to yourself yeah. in a different way. You know, like I also got some remarkably helpful responses uh, as well. And those are the ones I chose to, to focus on. Mm, I love that. So I was just, my next question was going to be, how do we counter this? And it, it kind of sounds like the way that we counter it is by going towards what we want to see in the world. Yeah, I, I think that one thing we really try to do on the show that's not always easy, um, but <laughs> makes a big difference is we try to have a rule of not giving advice. Yeah. Um, unless somebody is like specifically asking for advice. And that's true of all the um, One Bad Mother uh, affiliated um, groups on Facebook and things like that. We just, we don't, we don't, as a rule, suggest make suggestions yeah. to each other or right, yeah. say, or anything unless somebody is specifically asking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason for that is even well-intentioned advice, like your kid really needs to learn to swim, yeah. can it's it's presumptuous and uh, it can make people feel really judged, and it also it doesn't it doesn't acknowledge uh, different perspectives, Mm -hmm. different backgrounds. It doesn't acknowledge that our kids are different and (laughs) our kids are, many of our kids are not typical in a variety of different ways. And many of us as parents are not typical. You know, we're all coming at this from, with different um, kinds of privileges and different um, baggage baggage (laughs) and different barriers um, to what trying to do and so I think uh, you know lots of us want to give advice because we want to be helpful but we just try to take a step back and just listen and say like wow that sounds really hard or like wow I've I've dealt with something similar or I haven't dealt with that but that sounds so hard it sounds like you're really like struggling with that yeah Yeah, for the most part that's 90% of when we go out in the world and we say something is we just want people to acknowledge that it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it is because it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, uh, for eight years, I've dealt with a, with a tendon disorder that has, uh, made it so that my limbs don't really work like other people's limbs. Basically I, I, my tendons develop scar tissue at, at a, at a much more rapid rate than others do with overuse and with stress and stuff like that. And, um, there was a summer, um, it was the summer of, I think, 2015, where I literally had like 5% use of my hands. And like, I couldn't, you know, if I if I washed my hair, then I couldn't like use my hands for the rest of the day. If I poured coffee, I couldn't use my hands. And um, I started having like, other problems because that which were all sort of stress related and I can remember going, calling my doctor and saying like I've got these problems what's wrong with me like now what's wrong and and, and her her office's response was very unsympathetic it was like listen this isn't a real problem so you know don't worry about it and also don't call us unless you have a real problem and um wow. it was horrifying I mean it was just so like just when I think about that right and then so the next thing I did sounds like a real problem yeah great right like yeah um 
the, a real problem. <laughs> I know. Like, how could this not be? How could this not be considered a real problem? I think it wasn't a physical problem for them. It was an. It was a mental problem, right? Like, so right, right, my yeah. my next call was to. Uh, I tried to find a therapist, and the one I went with. Um, I called and left him, you know, you leave these extended messages and whatever. And I, he called me back and I ended up not being home. So he left a message on my voicemail and it said, wow, that must be so hard. Like I have so much sympathy for you. That sounds like a lot to deal with. You know, let's talk. And I was like, yes, please. like, thank you for validating. You know, this is hard. Yes. Yes. So that is exactly right. Validation. Yes. Yeah. Just don't know what people have yeah. going on. And, and also just like trust that what people yeah. are saying is what's going on. It's right. true. Exactly. A lot of times as parents, we hear someone talking about a problem with their kid and there's part of us in our mind going like, How well, bad. if I did it with yeah. my kid, it would be different. Or my kid didn't. Or why are they doing it? Like, just don't do that. Yeah. Just <laughs> hear what the person is saying. And like accept that at face value. Yeah. That's a, such a gift to like accept yeah. what we are saying to each other and just yeah. hear it and accept what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. as real. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It is real. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. It's so important. Um, and I and I love that you guys get that too. I think that's really cool. Um, I wanted to uh talk a little bit about it feels good to be yourself. Um I, and I, what I wanted to do first was just read a comment from Nora in our Facebook group. She says that, um, she says, Teresa's recent book is amazing and we are finding such joy in reading it together. She's got, I believe, a four-year-old, like a, maybe just four-year-old. Um, and I just love that. And I, I, I'm so excited that this book is in the world. Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like, how did that come about, Teresa? Um, well, that came about because I have a transgender daughter um she uh socially transitioned around age five early age five and she's now eight um and in the course of my daughter transitioning at school and in our community um you know there were lots of necessary conversations that i was having with um fellow parents and teachers Mm -hmm. and also like my daughter's friends, um, as well as my own family and friends. Um, And we did find a lot of, a number of great children's books on the topic of gender identity. Um, And many of them like feature, you know, a character, a trans character, Mm -hmm. um, which was really helpful for my daughter because she was able to read those books and see like, oh, that's like me, you know, that's how I feel. And that was validating for her. Um, But what I didn't find out in the world was one book that sort of could explore, discuss, explain gender (laughs) to kids in a way that was um, really just about the the diversity of gender, Mm -hmm. um, how we're all different and how we all experience gender in our own way. Um, So I didn't, I really, I wished for that book that was not about one kid being different and was more about um, just an opportunity to talk about gender with all kids, not just kids who might be feeling like they're trans or might be feeling like they're questioning their gender identity, but really for all kids, because, you know, all 
all kids and really all humans can benefit from having the opportunity to think about and explore our own sense of our own gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I have three kids. So, you know, <laughs> I have a trans daughter. But I also have a cisgender son and then I have a toddler who I'm not really like ready to say yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's give right. them a minute <laughs> yeah, exactly. um so but I really wanted I really wanted the opportunity to have these conversations in my home without it being like oh the whole world is cisgender except for like a couple people yeah <laughs> yeah like that's just not my view of the world and it's not an accurate view of the world yes. so that's how the that's how the book came about and um it's been really really exciting to see um how well received the book has been um both critically and just hearing from you know friends and family and people in the community who have been waiting for a book like this that helps helps parents and teachers and librarians um, talk about gender with kids in a non-judgmental um, way. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. It's it's um, We've homeschooled, as I said, for more than a decade. And when we started, my oldest was seven and my youngest was three. And we felt like the only people in the whole world who homeschooled. And so there really was this sense of like... Um, I'm not exclusion is the wrong world word, but like everybody would say no school today. Like we'd go into a store or something or a doctor's office. And every time finally, when my youngest was about five, he was like, why does everybody ask that? He turns to me in front of this person who had just said no school today. And he says, why does everybody ask that? And um, I found a book that uh, was called I am learning all the time. And it was it, it, to me, it feels the same because this is an entire book in which like homeschooling is the norm and, and not in the sense of we all do it the same way, but like here is a universe of people who are all learning in the way that they learn best. And that's great. Like let's support everybody. And um, it really made me think of this. Uh, it, re- it made me think of it feels good to be yourself because it's, it's, it's the same. Like everybody wants to feel like they are accepted and normal and, um, and a vibrant part of the world without being sort of excluded or, or called singled out, I think is the word or the phrase. And uh, the, the idea that we don't need to talk about gender with our kids unless yeah. or until somebody says that they feel different. Mm-hmm. It's just so it has so many like bad <laughs> outcomes for our kids and for our society. I mean, it, you know, our kids are getting messages about gender all the time. And the messages that they are mostly getting out in the world are that gender is binary. You're either a boy or a girl and your body tells the world which one you are and end of story. And then, oh, if somebody doesn't feel that way, let's try to figure that out. Yeah. Um, It's just not, it's not accurate. So it's not helpful. It's not helpful for anyone. And I want to jump in and say that as a adult person in the world, uh, Teresa's book is so wonderful because it's giving me the correct language to use when I, I'll talk to my kids about anything. That was like my rule right away. I was like, there's not going to be any surprises. They're not going to learn it from little Timmy on the playground. I'm going to, their little Timmy's going to learn it correctly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, uh, but, 
definitely in uh, the area of gender, I, I, I didn't have all the language because the language is evolving. And um, so the book was so helpful. And as a result, I'm now like, my kids and I constantly are like, they catch themselves. I hear them catch themselves cool. and I catch myself being yeah. like, you know, well, when I grow up and marry a man or a woman, I don't know. I like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Have a baby, you yeah. know what I mean, but not yeah. all. You know, it's just, it's it's just like, oh, this was so dumb and easy to do. Right? <laughs> exactly, like it doesn't wow, have to be a huge was, problem. Yeah, this was not a big deal. Yeah. Oh. I, I when when uh, when my kids were young, I read a book called Cinderella Ate My Daughter, which um, you may have heard of. It's by Peggy Orenstein, and um, she, it's like it's I it's probably from a decade ago now, um, and it is it's about how consumer like how sort of American consumerism is uh, uh, trying to sell itself, like trying to sell things to girls basically so you know with disney and brats and all that kind of stuff and it opened up a huge conversation because then this is like a decade ago right so nobody was talking at that point at least not in our world about um the different sort of gender identities that you can have and we knew at least two kids who i'm thinking of who um who were working on that like who were who were consciously talking about changing it and 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 i can remember that book brought up so many it was I was able to have so many good conversations with my boys about like it doesn't matter right like like we're still gonna like this person and and we're and when like that's a valid it's it's a valid person no matter what gender you know you are and um and it was so easy I had been like god what's it gonna be like when we talk about this and they were like it was like a one you know one minute of them going oh okay and then that was it so good to sum it up books great yes <laughs> yay, books. yay books um okay so we're we're our time is short and i wanted to um i wanted to take a couple of minutes on this uh, particular facebook question question from one of our facebook group members her name is nora um and she writes i would this is a little bit of a long question i think she was so so the first thing she says is omg omg my two favorite podcast worlds colliding <laughs> So um, so then she wrote, I would love to hear more about their geniuses, as they call their parenting wins on their show, surrounding raising kids who are, quote, more. They both talk generally about it a lot and for privacy reasons, don't share details, which I totally get. Would just love to hear more about what resources or other things they have found to help them and their little ones do well in school or just life in general. And then Nora continues. And if that one is too vague or personal, I would specifically love ideas on their favorite kids' books on diversity or social emotional topics. Again, yay books. Woo. Yeah. So diversity or social emotional topics like. Um, yeah. I think I would say that in terms of the first question, how I'll just say how we get through it is I, for myself, it was uh, eventually getting into therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was critical and uh, as well as getting on a medication that helped with depression um, because I definitely was having postpartum, which is not just something you have like the week after you have a baby. It can be during any time, especially if you're not treating it. Yes. (laughs) Three years later, you're suddenly like, why am I still so why is it still so hard? And I will say that for me, those two things uh, really 
it's still really hard, but I now feel like, oh my God, I was making it extra hard. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I, I do is, you know, we're both very lucky to be in pretty healthy relationships with, you know, partners who, you know, are invested in, in our relationship and, and our kids. And so for me, another big one is I'm still the primary caregiver. Um, I, I'm just with the kids more. Uh, and that can make me not want to share how I'm feeling with my, with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and the resentment can really build up. And then you don't realize how much that resentment's bleeding into how you're taking care of the kids to how you're just walking through the world. So I've had to really work on trying to get ahead of it and say things like, uh, you know, I'm not okay. I know this is going to be a hard week for me. I'm not getting, you know, all my self-care is going first to make these things happen. And, you know, there you go. Yeah. 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 So, so for me, that, that, that's sort of how I've been. And, and I will say very specifically, I went to therapy to, I found a therapist who specialized in like family and kid dynamics because I had heard a mom friend of mine once say that she had gone to therapy to figure out how to be a parent to her child. And I thought that was such a great way to look at it. So I could go and be like, these are who my kids are and they're not alike and they're not like me. And so how do I love them and help them and parent them uh, when that's the situation? So that's, that was me. That's awesome. That's awesome that that kind of therapy exists in the world and that you were able to find it. I wouldn't have thought about it if I hadn't heard somebody else say it. So, you know, say it. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, definitely those resources, like reaching, not being afraid to look for professionals who can help um, has been huge for me. Um, I think it's hard depending on where you, your yeah. family is financially right. because or location. Yeah. location. Yeah. Yeah. But also a lot of professionals cost a lot of money. money. So, yeah. but there's also regional center and there's your school district and there are advocates yeah. through the regional center. Um, there, there are a lot of resources out there. Um, so I think for me, um, I consider my kids to be differently wired. And I got that term from um, another podcast, which I yeah. will plug if you don't mind. Which Absolutely, is please. The Tilt Parenting mm, Podcast. Yeah. Um, Debbie Reber is the host of that show. And she's been on our show before. Um, she has a twice exceptional um, teenager who she's been homeschooling for a while. Um, and they've had an interesting school journey. Um, but she's just, she's great. And all of her guests are so incredibly helpful. Mm. Um, so I have found from that podcast, a lot of resources, like more, you know, more books and other, other things that have helped me learn about how to take care of my kids and myself. Um, and that has also just been because she comes at, this topic with so much like kindness and sensitivity, just kind of the way um, you try to do on your show and the way we try to do on one bad mother, which is just like total support and acceptance um, and just really trying to encourage each other. So that show has been helpful for me, not just for resources, um, but also just for that sense of like, I'm not alone and you know, I'm doing a good job and this is hard. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's been, it's for me, it's been all about not, um, not like holding the, holding the stuff myself alone, but like being willing to put myself out there and go out and find people who can help me. Mm -hmm. Um, that has really been helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it's all so true. Like I, I feel like finding, so I actually found podcasts in the depths of my not being yeah. able to use my hands. And I, I, it was like discovering this wonderful community. And, um, and what's great is like, like I only heard, I only heard you guys for the first time in 2019. So like, it's still a, a wonderful expanding universe with lots of cool things to discover. And um, I'll definitely link to the Tilt podcast and maybe I, I've never heard of it. So maybe I will uh, go great. and check it out myself. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, um, Biz and Teresa. It has been such a treat to have you on the show today. I'm so, so grateful and excited that you could come on. Thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, you so Karen. much for having us. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, you can find Biz and Teresa on Twitter at One Bad Mothers, um, and I I feel I must apologize because my podcasting manners here I'm I'm not usually what I try to do is before we start I say where can people find you and I totally did not do that so where's the best place for them to find you for a listener to find you? Uh, well, you can always find us at onebadmotherpodcast.com. That'll okay. link you to all the stuff um, and. We're on Instagram at one bad mother mothers with the S on the end. Okay. Uh, same as Twitter. And you know, Facebook. It's yeah. Yeah. and you can search for us in your podcatcher. You know, we're, yeah. we're on iTunes and the podcast directory and wherever yeah. you listen to podcasts, just search for one bad mother. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And you can find me, listeners, at we turned out okay.com, where I have just released my latest parenting book, which is called Educating Happy Kids. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at we turned out okay. And finally, I have got a special thanks, as always, to our producer, the man who is not only our producer, but who is also along on this parenting journey with me. I'm so lucky and grateful for him and all that he does. The 22-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thanks again so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to date to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I want to pee in the woods. Derp, 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 derp,